Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, and thank you for joining me again this week. I had a great week, a very interesting week. Uh, I, a couple things this week, my daughter, we have some friends in Ukraine and my daughter launched a campaign through our poppy and peep.com, you know, our chocolate company website where we made all these Ukraine based flavors. And my friend, I said, you know, is Ukraine based? like, what is it? You know, tears and shrapnel flavored. And so I said, no, man, they've got like apple cake and like, there's this Christmas cake thing and berry jam and all these different flavors. We did a lot of research on it and made these bonbons uh, for, the relief effort because we also have we know some other people that are over there providing first aid they're called ifax i-f-a-k-s improved first aid kits and he's over there and he needed he needed ten thousand of these and you know we were all watching this ukraine thing and just hating it and so we we put it out there, 100% of the donations, if you want to give, go to the war effort and to help people on the front line. And um, we sent, we, right off the bat, we got probably $4,000 worth of orders instantly. We instantly ran out and, um, and people are super supportive of this. It's the best, biggest campaign thing we've ever done for uh, anything like that for Poppy and Peep. And so thank you for all of you that may have donated. If you haven't, please do. We sent $4,000 the other day buying stuff. And as it comes in, we'll just buy it as fast as we can. It's, it's again, these first aid kits that go to the front line. They're already there. The guys just need help getting more in. So we're, you know, backfilling what they've got. So thank you for that. Uh, also, on Facebook this week, a friend of mine, Chuck Roydhouse, tagged me on a kind of little cartoon that it showed on one side on the left, a guy, and he's smiling, and he's got a little, he's dressed like in a suit, and he's got a little sign that says success. And then on the other side, he's turned around, and on his back, it shows like, you know, all the hard stuff, you know, sacrifice and doubt and fear and failure and, you know, all the bad stuff that you don't see with success. And uh, he tagged me on it and, and it reminded me of a story that happened when I was uh, when I was letting, you know, one of my or one of my new one of my young guys was quitting. And this guy, when he came on, I mean, he was sharp. He was very. Uh, very gracious, very nice. Uh, and over time kind of developed a bit of a, it, it just wasn't working to, to make a long story short. And, um, you know, he gave me his notice that he was going to quit. And I said, fine, you know, you mind if we do an exit interview, I don't always do an exit interview, but if I can, sometimes I really learn something from whoever's leaving. Sometimes they'll say stuff that they wouldn't have said before. If they were still working for you, sometimes they'll tell you things that, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have on on certain situations that you might need to know. So if you don't do exit interviews, I highly recommend you do them if you can. Now, sometimes I don't really care at all what this person says, and so I don't do them. But this guy was nice and he was leaving me under good terms. And so I brought him up to my office, sat down at a 
I have a round table in my office and have a regular desk. And usually when I'm talking to people to try to be on their side and figure things out, I sit at the round table because I'm kind of sitting next to them. But when I'm the boss and when I'm reprimanded, you, I normally sit in a regular desk and I sit across from you and we, we talk differently. And so we were sitting at the round table and I said, hey, man, I you know hate that I'm losing you, but I respect it. He even bought me a pair of shoes to say goodbye, like a pair of Vans, and they were really cool. And uh, so it was very, you know, it was, it was in, a, in a good way that he was leaving. And I said, well, you know, what do you want for your future? He said, well, what I want is to be sitting in that seat right there. And he's pointing at my desk where my chair was. And I said, yeah, I said, okay. I mean, I, I can appreciate that, but I can, I can tell you this, you know, you're 22 and you wouldn't have wanted to be sitting at that seat in that seat at, when I was 22 or 32 or even 42. And at 52, yeah, it's a good, it's a pretty good seat. You know, it's, there's a lot of benefits to that seat now, much later. And you've, you're much further ahead than I was in this business at 22. You've, you make a lot more money. You have no risk of losing money. You have, you work normal hours and make, you're set up. Now, I'm not saying if, I mean, if you want to own your own business and start, understand there's a level of grind that you don't understand as an employee. And you don't even understand it when you're going to start out you know, working. But the big thing, and and that, that post, it got like 64 likes, which is a lot for me. And for, you know, something like a lot of people really thought that rang true. But here's the other thing that, that you really don't talk about, or you don't realize is the uncertainty while you're in that grind. Like, it's one thing to look back and go, yeah, I did it for 30 years before it really started working or 20 years. And that's easy to look back, but what I'm really amazed at is looking forward, you can't see if it's going to work. And these these entrepreneurs that finally make it, there's a grind in the unknown. There's a grit in the unknown, a belief that it's going to work against everything that's happening to you, you know, employees quitting, you know, marriages falling apart, people doubting you, people telling you to get a regular job, you losing money, you losing sleep, you work in hours and not get paid anything. And you bring people on and they screw up what you were doing and you're paying them sometimes more than you're making. And Jasper talked about that last week or the week before, you know, sometimes you're paying people more than you're making. And, and that's not uncommon. I mean, I'm doing it. We do it right now in the chocolate in the chocolate company. I'm paying my pastry chefs and all those people are making money. I'm not making money at chocolate right now. We've got a huge investment that's got to be paid off the building and tons of equipment and schools. I mean, we didn't take loans out for the schools, but we got a lot of money in. We got to make a lot of chocolate before it breaks even and we start making money. But the value of the land is going up and those things are going up, but you know, it's a risk. And my, my daughter's like, man, when are we going to start making money at this? And we're, we're two years in. I said, honey, I don't know if you understand what we just did, but we invested a lot of money and time. This is a long play. And she's understanding it now. That's why she does several other things. Makes a little bit of money at chocolate. But, you know, that that all that is going to come later. And I believe it will. But 
in in the chimney business, I can tell you, I had to believe it when there was no evidence that it was going to work. Now, a lot of a lot of guys can point to people like me and others that have been successful. If 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 that's what you you know check the box is successful, but you can point to people and go, if I do that, I've got a good chance of making it. I can tell you when I was doing it there was like two guys that were doing it. I didn't know any of them. And there was not any of this, all this free information and all this stuff to tell you how to do it. So you've got a lot clearer way to do it. And there's a lot of guys coming fast. It's kind of like when that first guy broke the, you know, the four minute mile, nobody had ever done it. Couldn't, didn't think you could do it. And then later in the same year, two or three other people did it. And now high school guys do it. So I feel it's that way in this business because we were kind of kind of figuring out the path and we weren't sure if it's going to work. I mean, I, it just kept working enough for me. I had no idea it would get to the level it's at. There's no way I could have seen it. But that's my kitty. He's, she's walking around me. But um, there's no way I could see it. And, uh, you know, looking back, you're like, of course it makes sense. But in the day, just think about it. Nobody goes, oh, you're a chimney sweep. Oh, you're going to. That's a great idea. Like nobody said that. And so I had to believe in it before I could see it. And I think that's, you know, the moral to this story is that you entrepreneurs out there, you know, you, you got to look at stuff that you want and you've got to, you, you got to have a grit to you. And I was at the, speaking at the MACA event the other day. And uh, if Nicholas guy is listening, he was, he was in there. And I remember him saying, you know, he's only a couple years into business and we were all talking about all the things we were doing. And he was like, man, I, I don't have 98% of what you guys are talking about. And, I, you know, I thought back when I was his age, after I'd been in business two years, I didn't have like 100% of what I was talking about. I was a mess for a long time. And so if you're out there in the grind, and I know my main audience is guys that are about 24 to 35. If I look at my demographics that listen to the show, you guys are in the grind. You guys are in the middle of it. And you guys are trying to figure it out. And 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 if you're listening to me, I, I hope I'm a beacon for you and that I can say, hey, do these things and you're going to be successful. But the main thing is your your press your perseverance and your belief that it can happen against and through a lot of crap. And I, I say this a lot, but I think every couple million dollars that the business grows, there's another kind of reckoning and a reset. And I feel I'm going through one right now with my business because we've grown a lot. In the last in the last couple of years, we've over doubled what we were and we were already big. And so and when you do that, it opens up other cracks in your game that you didn't know were there or they were very small at, you know, when we were five million, but then you're 10 million and then 15 million. Like that's a very there's very different holes in the game that were you couldn't even see them when you were a couple million dollar business. So understanding that as you grow, it doesn't actually stay fixed. Whatever you fixed at two million gets completely broken by the time you're five million and you got to fix it again. And then by the time five is 10, you fix it again. And, and you try to stay ahead of it, but all these fixes are painful. And what's super painful is before, right before you fix it, because everything is feeling like it's coming apart. And right now, 
you know, I've got some senior guys that are super tired, you know, threatening to do something else or want to quit. And I, you know, I have to talk to them about this is just one of those times and, and they may quit. And, and I understand if they do and I wish them well. And there's times that everybody thinks about quitting. So that's not a new thing. But sometimes as a leader, you got to talk them through it. And I'll never talk you into staying with me. I won't ever beg you to stay. I want to understand what you're thinking and I want to understand what's best for you. And a lot of times it's just some kind of hiccup in the business. They really don't want to quit, but they really don't know what else to do. And so a lot of times it's just talking to them and understanding what they want and need. And so that happened today. And, you know, hopefully we get through it. But if not, hey, man, I wish you well. Man, you took us from one level to another. And I appreciate it. And I you know, I will do anything for you moving forward and, and give you a good reference and, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot, most people stay. I don't have hardly very big turnover rate at all. And most of the people that turn over are people that I had to fire or get rid of. And so I think we have a good culture. But, you know, there's a group of people who are like, man, I liked it better when we were smaller. I liked it better when it was back then. And I understand that, but I'm never going to be that company. I'm always going to try to move forward. And I was listening to a thing, and I think I talked about it on the previous podcast, but Simon Sinek was talking about, you know, a lot of CEOs talk about the customer is the most important thing. And he's like, you know, when's the last time a lot of you CEOs actually talk to a customer or you don't work with a customer every day? And so that's, you're not, you're actually, your job as a CEO is to take care of your people who take care of your customers. And that just rings so true to me that I've really been focused on that for the last several weeks is really just taking care of my people, talking to them differently, focusing on them as people and partially on the job, but mostly of them as people and getting to know them and what they want. And uh, I, I, there's two things, two points I want to make. And so today... I started this kind of new program at my shop because I've noticed as we've grown, we've gotten a little sloppier. We've gotten a little looser on the edges. We got a little things going on and it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. It's like the trailer wasn't empty. Trailers weren't emptied out and clean. They were getting too banged up. People weren't taking care of it. I opened up one of my trucks the other day. Somebody was in like a spare pickup that we use for different things. Guy gets in it and there's just trash all in it. Uh, we have this flat counter space in the office where all the technicians put all their stuff. And I just noticed junk piling up on it and junk piling up on it. Our warehouse is getting a little messy because we're just at max capacity. But we're not, it's like all these things. And I'm sorry if you hear my, my kitty Lila, she's talking to me. So, um, but you know, back in the nineties, Rudy Giuliani had this thing, this broken windows policy. It was a broken windows crime policy. And what they noticed was, you know, in the bad areas, it kind of started with broken windows, graffiti, trash. And then it just kept getting, then people didn't want to go there and crime got worse and drugs got worse. And it built up into a big thing where nobody would go. But if you would back down into just fixing the broken windows, getting rid of the graffiti as soon as it went up and prosecute the small crimes, 
those those people who were doing that wouldn't grow into you know, a bigger problem or doing bigger crimes and investment would stay in the area and it was just better for the neighborhood and better for, you know, the, the overall community. And I was thinking about that with my company that I'm going to start just prosecuting small crimes. In other words, if you're not wearing your uniform, I'm going to say something. You're going to wear your uniform right. You know, you're going to wear our hats. You're going to wear our jackets. You're going to wear our stuff. Um, or I can't let you go out. If you, um, you know, my counter area has to stay clean. Your trucks are going to be checked closer every day. The trailers are going to be checked in and checked out to make sure they're in good shape. And there's going to be a lot of warnings, verbal and written warnings. You know, I'm already pretty good on, um, on like attendance. I'm pretty good on it, but it's getting even a little sloppy now because COVID made us have to be more, you know, more careful and more, you know, accepting of issues. So I made my first announcement today to, you know, we have these micro meetings with like sweep division and, install division, gas division, estimator division. So today was a sweep meeting and I told them what we're going to do. And they, everybody kind of shook their head and agreed that that sounds like a good idea. And then I had another meeting with my office in Charleston with the manager there and the, and the general manager and the office manager. And, you know, I said, you know, John, who's the, the general manager there, I said, prosecute small crimes. And we went through it and that was, you know, cause he's noticed that guys were, coming in late and just throwing trash bags of, of crap in, in the, you know, warehouse and not really taking care of it. And the warehouse would get busy or get dirty afterwards. And the next morning, everybody was busy and didn't take care of it. So it kept building up. So in general, I'm just going to start prosecuting small crimes. I'm going to just get really, really nitpicky for a long time. And today I got a you know, an email, a voicemail from a guy because they forward voicemails that are to me sometimes. And uh, the guy said, hey, it was three o'clock yesterday. He said, I'm kind of in a hurry. Can Mark call me? I've got a question about some insulation. It's going to go around a liner. And I, I heard you guys have some. And can you get with me ASAP as a VIP customer? Well, I didn't get the voicemail sent to me until five o'clock or four o'clock today. So over 24 hours later. And normally in the busy time, I understand it, but I'm prosecuting small crimes. I sent kind of a hard email back to my office and said, hey, why did I not get this in time? Why is this 24 hours, over 24 hours later with a guy who needed it something now? So I'm I'm going to have to just tighten everything up. And I'm just kind of you know, rambling as to what my deal is. But I'm, I'm going to bet as you grow, you have the same problem. Like no business grows into more organization, right? The You don't grow more organized. You grow disorganized and you grow into chaos. And your deal is to, as chaos is happening, to fix it. The better you get at recognizing and fixing it, the bigger business you get to have. And I'm learning that as these things happen, it's just my job to fix the chaos and and understand where it's coming from, break up bottlenecks and fix chaos. And my goal right now is to is to really focus on the little stuff. And I think the big stuff will take care of itself. So I hope that tidbit can help you in the growth, in the management of a growing business. 
on another note, it was so I I bought this powder coating operation. Finally, it all came through, and I've I've owned it for about thirty days, and it's really neat to see it come along. And you know, the old owner is there, and um, and it's hard for him to watch us you know, watch us run his business. And I was in another meeting, my entrepreneur organization meeting this week, and we we're talking about acquisitions and this one person was going to get acquired, but they were going to be asked to stay on for about four years while this private equity firm bought them and started to run them. And a friend, I said, man, that's a long time to work for somebody else, especially if it was your baby and now they're going to run your baby. And I said, that could be hard. And my friend said, you know, I heard one time it was like this. If you ever sell your business, don't stick around and and run it for hardly any time. Because it's kind of like watching somebody have having sex with your wife. It's like, it's not going to go well for that. And, and that was such a funny analogy because that's exactly what this other guy feels like when we're running his business. The truth is we're going to be a lot better at running his business. And, and already all the employees there are saying, wow, the, the, the culture is already better. I feel better. I could tell you guys have, know how to run business very, very differently than this company, the guy that started it. So I thought that was pretty funny. So today I go in and, um, you know, we've got some guys on work release. And I think I told this, this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it really means something to me. There's one of the guys there. These guys are on work release. So they're, and I've never been able to hire people on work release because we have to have people in homes and you can't hire those guys to be in people's homes. Plus, they have to stay in one place. They can't leave wherever they're working. They have to stay there because uh, the share, they basically live together in a, in a home as this officer brings them, drops them off. They work there. They eat lunch there. They can't leave the building. And then he comes and gets them and goes home. And, uh, you know, these guys are super nice. They've just messed up. And and I like all of them. I've talked to them and they really look up to me as like just somebody who is one, giving them an opportunity, but, you know, hopefully I can be a positive role model for them. And I, I had one guy in there that, you know, I started talking to and he's like, Hey, I'm excited you're here. And I said, tell me about yourself. And he's, you know, he's got a six-year-old girl and he's really trying to get everything paid off and get out of this bad situation he's in. And these guys don't make much money. And, uh, and so, and that's an advantage to me as a business owner. And it's an advantage to them because they'd work 24 seven if they could to be stay out of jail. So it's, it's good for them. At least it's something toward the right thing. They'd rather be working for not a lot of money. And then, you know, have something at the end versus not be able to work. So, but I said, Hey, you know what? He said, is there any way I can get a raise? And I said, absolutely. Talk to me about who you are, what you want and, and where you, you know, where you want to go to. And, you know, he told me about his kids and he's trying to get going and he does a great job. He's absolutely amazing at one of the things he does for us there and shows up every day and works hard and good person. And uh, I said, yeah, we can do that. And, he, I said, what do you want? He goes, you know, I just, I, I, I said, do you want to stay on after we're done? I mean, what's the future look for? He goes, I really like this job. I like doing this. And, and yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to learn about it. And, you know, he'd like, 
maybe start his own powder coating thing one day and said, I understand that. And so it was really interesting um, to just dig into these guys. So today when I'm there, I just start telling them about me and my dad and, and that, um, you know, kind of some of the lessons I learned and, and, you know, my, the, you know, the main thing in life to me was making enough money to have options. And that's kind of what we always, I always wanted to have was just options in life, whether it be eating what I wanted to eat at a restaurant or taking the vacation I wanted to take or driving the car or those, those kind of option w- was what was important. And I could just tell they, I don't know that they get talked to a lot like that. And they just really opened up and they all wanted to read my book. They all asked me to sign my book and so they could read it. And, you know, these guys are making, you know, 12 bucks an hour. And that, that's kind of set by the by the sheriff and, and what they say that we kind of pay. And so there's an advantage in that because you can't get people that cheap. And these, But, you know, there can be a disadvantage because you got to watch them. You know, you can't let them. You know, they're not like kids, but you also they're not like regular employees either. So, you know, it was just uh, they were inspired. And I think to me, these twelve dollar an hour, fourteen dollar an hour guys are way more inspired in a lot of ways than my guys making a lot more money. And they're grateful, too. And so I really liked working with them. And the, the lieutenant came by today and I met him and he's telling me kind of more details. They've got a women's program where they take some of the women over to other places that make makeup and things like that. And, you know, there's other businesses in this area that hire them, too. But if you don't watch, you know, if there's an issue, they won't let you have these people work. You know, you can't have them. If you don't watch them and there's issue, then you don't get the right to get to have them. So um, it was. And so I said, man, the guys you've got over here are just great. And he said, they better be. And I could tell he was like the hammer. And he said, they better be working. They better not be lazy. They better be yes, sir, no, sir. You know, they need to just toe the line. I said, man, they do. They're absolutely great. And he said, it's good to hear. And I said, I just got one thing. Just um, just always send me your best people. And he started laughing. And uh, I, he said, oh, clearly I do. And I said, yeah, I, I believe it. I said, keep them coming. If we need more, we'll let you know. And, uh, just, it, it's been just another level for me as a business owner to, to really give back to people and give back to events and give back to causes and, and put into people. It, it's just that level of, of, um, you know, if you read the book, good to great, that, that high level leadership, if you can get there where you're just giving back, gosh, that's the most exciting thing for me. And I think a lot of people have that heart. It's just hard to get there. But I also am seeing it in my manager, Wes, who is, you know, he's he's learning to be a, a good leader. And, and today, one of the guys, we could tell he didn't want, he's noticed he didn't want to do this cleaning of things because you got this high pressure steam and phosphate and all these things when you etch and clean the, the material. And he wasn't really doing it. And he's like, he goes, why, why are you wearing tennis shoes or whatever? He goes, well, the, he said, they have boots. He said, but they won't fit over my, my ankle bracelet. Cause they got to wear these ankle bracelets. And, and Wes said, well, you need to wear real shoes that are chemical resistant. And Wes went over and bought him out of his own pocket, some cheap work boots till we can get some good ones for him and put him on him. And that guy just was, so excited to have new boot, new work boots 
And man, he jumped right into pressure washing. It was it was just that we didn't care that he had an ankle bracelet on or we don't care. We talked to him like any other person. They're just no different. You could be sitting next to these guys at your kid's softball game or you could be working with them and they be, you know, working with you at Walmart or Home Depot or whatever. They're just they're just that guy. They've just had a bad deal. They've done something stupid and they're paying a price. And so for me, I, I just I just want I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the struggle that I went through. I'm grateful for where I am now. And my main thing is just help people get through it. But I can tell you this, the hardest thing is the vision. You have to have a vision and a grind about you through the really hard times. And I'm a little bit afraid we're getting ready to face hard times. I'm a little bit afraid we're getting ready to have a rollback. And I've been saying this for a while. I've been saying it before Ukraine and I've been saying it. I think I've been saying it probably right before COVID because we're just due for a a correction. And, and unfortunately, and this may rub some people wrong, some of this bad stuff that's happening, it almost had to happen to wake people up to know that a lot of these policies and beliefs lead to, you know, I, I was listening to a guy talk and he said, when America is strong, uh, the world hates us. But when America is weak, somebody's getting hurt and somebody suffers when America is weak. And somebody's going to fill the void when America is, if it's not America, it's going to be China or Russia. As you can see, you know, power loves, does, you know, when there's a vacuum, power will, somebody's going to move into it. So who do you want to move into it? You know, it's got to be one of the three. And we're seeing what happened when, when NATO and everybody was weak, Russia just decided to jump in there. And, you know, there's sanctions and stuff, but there was a clear moment that we could have done a lot more before it happened and everybody didn't want to do it. And I believe that a strong America and an energy independent America is much better for the entire world. Um, And same with, you know, same with Europe. There's that independence where we're not farming out and, and giving all of our money and income and resources to these other countries. We, it's coming home to roost, and that's what's happening right now. So I know I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but but it, it is bothering me. But you know, I uh, again grateful for America, grateful where we are. I need, a, I want a strong America, and uh, I think a, a strong America is good for the world. And uh, I, I pray for the people in Ukraine. And we're trying, if you want to do anything, if it, it hits your heart and you want some chocolate, you know, take a look at poppyandpeep.com. Lastly, I'm just going to talk about the Sweepway Cancer Rally. Uh, it has been announced for uh, June, I'm sorry, May 20th and 21st, which is a Friday, Saturday, Fontana Village. You can go to sweepwaycancer.com in shortly, and we're going to have a link up there to go. And I think it's like a hundred and just say 110 a night for the rooms. And we're going to have a barbecue on Friday night, which is a typical kickoff of a Friday. And then everybody kind of drives in on Friday and we have a Friday night thing at about seven o'clock. 
great time. And then Saturday morning, we wake up, we have a breakfast uh, with the group. We have some announcements. We talk about where we're going, what we're doing, how to do it. We have a milk toast, which we have a little shot, a shot glass of milk. Some people don't like milk, but it's it's in honor of who we honored the first Sweepway Cancer Rally ride to, which was Jim Robinson. He loved milk. He was a dairy farmer. Dude just drank so much milk on all of our motorcycle rides that the very first, uh, so we just honor him with a quick toast to, to, uh, Jim Robinson and those that have, have passed from cancer. So if you'd like to join us, please look for some details, uh, mark off those dates. And we love to have you ride with us in the smoky, we, the smoky mountains. We ride the tail of the dragon and some of the most beautiful rides in America. The, uh, the, uh, foothills parkway, uh, highway 28, which is called, uh, the rattlesnake. It's just, it's just such a beautiful area. So hope you can join us. And with that, we'll talk to you soon. See you. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.